Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We truly are. And I never thought that I would be able to have the opportunity to sit behind a microphone and announce to my audience the end of Roe v. Wade uh, as the law of the land in the United States of America. But that's exactly what we're able to do today because of the court's decision on Friday, June 24th, which will be a memorable day uh, for Americans and for the pro-life movement going forward. And I would like to read for you the press release of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Today, the Ohio Christian Alliance celebrates the SCOTUS decision on Dobbs that has effectively struck down the Roe v. Wade decision of 1973. Today, 49 years of abortion on demand in all 50 states has effectively come to an end. With the Dobbs decision, the court has sent abortion policy back to the states, Many states are now poised to enact legislation that will end abortion and save the lives of the unborn. We celebrate today's decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. The pro-life movement, after a long struggle, has finally prevailed with a favorable decision that defends life in the womb. The court, in its 6-3 decision, led by Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the majority opinion, has finally heard the cries and prayers of many for a long-awaited this day. The justices held their ground and were not swayed by threats and intimidation from the opposition by the unlawful activity of those who sought to intimidate them in their neighborhoods and at their residences. Mob rule will not prevail when good men and women stand up and make conscience decision for justice. Today is a day we celebrate the pro-life cause because, as Winston Churchill said after the Battle of Britain, this is not the end, this is not even the beginning of the end. But this may be the end of the beginning. The pro-life movement now has much work to do here in Ohio and in the states across the country. Crisis pregnancy centers will be in greater demand. The church and Christian ministries must step up to the plate to meet the new challenge and welcome the life that just days ago would have been sentenced to death through the act of abortion. And that is the Ohio Christian Alliance statement on the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Well, I thought the best way to, for us to celebrate this moment is to invite the Right to Life directors from around Ohio. So I've invited the Akron Right to Life director, the Columbus Right to Life director, and the Cincinnati Right to Life director. And uh, what a wonderful day that Friday was, but that it's uh, followed with so much events, and we're going to get into all that during this program. Well, let me do the uh, process of introducing our guest today. So we're going to talk to Laura Streetman, and she is the new director of Cincinnati Right to Life. And also we're going to have with us Beth Vanderkoy. She is the Columbus Right to Life director. And Allie Frazier, who is the Northeast Ohio Right to Life director. Uh, Beth, Laura, Allie, welcome. Thank you, and, and praise be to God, right? That's right. Well, I'd like to start with Laura, because Laura, the Cincinnati chapter was the chapter that started by Dr. Wilkie, and actually I can think back 40 years ago when my wife and I first joined the pro-life movement, when we saw the movie Silent Scream. 
Dr. Nathanson, who was an abortionist, a Jewish man uh, from the state of New York, and by his own admission, performed thousands and thousands of abortions. He came to faith in Christ. He changed to be a pro-life man. He produced the movie The Silent Scream, and it was a very emotional uh, movie. It was one in which, at that point, we had resolved. From that point on, we were going to join the pro-life movement. He and Dr. Wilkie were friends over the years. Uh, both gentlemen have since gone on. What are your thoughts about this moment on Friday when this all happened? Well, it's pretty amazing because, as you mentioned, you became involved in pro-life work because of Dr. Wilkie. And I did, too. Um, I was raised in Rochester, New York, and I know that my mother received National Right to Life newsletters. And let's remember Dr. Wilkie and his wife, Barbara, founded the Right to Life movement in 1971 in Cincinnati, which was Ohio Right to Life, then moved it to Columbus, founded Cincinnati Right to Life, and National Right to Life stemmed from there. And, um, you know, my parents raised me to always understand what this was, but I wasn't actively involved when I was younger. So to now be in the position I'm in is obviously a great honor, and it's an unexpected honor. And at the moment we heard the ruling, I was with my staff, and I was actually on a conference call with other leaders from the state, and just the tears of joy and the laughing and the sigh and the whole boy, you know, just the deep breaths, knowing that we still have so much more work to do, right? That's right. At least we can be on the right path now. We do have this law behind us that allows us now to really try to impact the culture even more so. And, um, you know, we keep saying it's a beginning, and it is, and it really is. It's just a new path that we have ahead of us. Well, we've got a lot to get into this program. We're going to unpack it all. And uh, Beth, I want to turn to you, Beth Vanderkoy. You worked at the Ohio State House for years. In fact, the first time we met, I believe, is when I stopped in to see uh, State Representative, then State Senator Tim Grindell, and I believe that you were his legislative director. Uh, This has to be a wonderful moment for you as well, as you worked on pro-life legislation at the State House for years, trying to get it through, and then finally to have Roe overturned. Your thoughts? Absolutely. And I think for the sake of both of us, we'll not mention how many years ago that was. Um, But yes, I had the great privilege to work in first the People's House uh, and then in the Ohio Senate. uh, And I had a tremendously life-affirming, pro-life, brilliant uh, attorney who I worked for. Uh, And because of that, you know, our office was continually involved in uh, in in pro-life work. And, you know, it's, it's very exciting to see, um, you know, not, not just the, the immediate victory, I think, for the unborn, but also the victory for the rule of law. I think history will show that Roe v. Wade uh, was one of those truly horrendous decisions not just in terms of the, the human consequences and, you know, the modern form of genocide in abortion on demand, but legally and constitutionally, uh, it was a decision that was improperly made uh, and that did a tremendous amount of uh, damage to our political system, 
uh, and to our republic as we know it. And so, you know, I, I have been very adamant that, you know, Friday was not the end of our work. As you said, it's, it's really only, be, only the beginning. Um, and I'm mindful that we are still going to have women who very much are in need of support, uh, who families that very much need to be strengthened and rebuilt, uh, and communities that, that need to come together. But I think we also need to realize that the Dobbs decision is not going to eliminate political efforts uh, to expand and enshrine abortion. And it's also not going to eliminate efforts to enshrine it in the hearts of our people. Um, and so we really have uh, we really have a bit of a wake up call. Now, each of us have known that sin and death were defeated uh, on the day of resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so in, in many ways, we are all players uh, in, in seeing how this precise salvation and the, the future and the history of mankind will unfold. Uh, but we also have been doing this work knowing uh, that, you know, we've, we've already read the last chapter of the book, uh, and now is our opportunity to figure out what role we're going to play uh, as uh, as the uh, as as everything unfolds. And I'm very excited about that opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you for your your years and work of service has been rewarded. And it's just such a, a great and joyous day that we're living in right now. Well, one of the younger of the members of our panel discussion today, Allie Frazier, which uh, represents the the next generation of of uh, life crusaders going forward. Allie, what was your thoughts? As you're the new director at Northeast Ohio Right to Life, centered out of Akron, what is your thoughts about the overturning of Roe and what it means? Well, I was super lucky, Chris. I was actually at the National Rights Place Convention when the news came down that Roe had been overturned. And I mean, the joy, um, just the unbridled joy that was, you know, in everyone's voices and their faces. Um, but one thing that really struck me as I saw kind of like the aftermath of the decision coming down was people were still working. People were running around. They were taking phone calls. They were you know, breaking breaking down, you know, what um, what the decision meant and kind of what the different lines of justice has, had taken and stuff, and and people were still working, and I felt like that was such a beautiful a beautiful beautiful picture of what's going to ha- happen next in the pro life movement, which is, you know, we are so excited that the Supreme Court has finally overturned this egregious decision that has just been absolutely devastating for for human rights, not just for innocent preborn babies who, you know, 63 million of them have lost their lives um, to legalized abortion in the U.S. since 1973, but also to the countless women who have been harmed by abortion and the way that it's broken our culture in so many profound ways. And, and it, it, gets me, it gets me excited to know that the pro-life movement, that we're ready to put in the work. I mean, my initial response personally was, I have stuff to do, you know? I've got a I've got a press release to send out. I've you know got got calls I need to return. Like we're ready to put in the work and and we're excited and we're we're energized and I love talking to um, to other pro lifers, both pro lifers who have been you know in this movement since the beginning and have you know laid this foundation for us younger activists to move forward. But but also to the next the next kind of 
the next generation of pro-life advocates. And one thing that I love about the young people going forward is we, we are so committed to women and babies. Like we are so committed to getting these supportive systems in place, you know, calling out dehumanization when we see it. Um, and we're ready to put in the work. I think we are really excited by this decision. But to me, like this is just the beginning. Like we're just getting started. That's exactly right. That's Allie Frazier, uh, director of Northeast Ohio Right to Life. You know, the moment that this decision came down, and of course we've been waiting for weeks as the leak, the unprecedented week, leak uh, was uh, out uh, the first week of May, and that actually hasn't happened at the Supreme Court uh, by those historians who mark these kinds of things for almost 100 years. There hasn't been a leak like this on a case, and so we still don't know who leaked it. It doesn't really matter at this point, Uh, and we were just hoping that the draft opinion uh, and the justices that obviously presented a majority because Alito was writing the opinion, right? So we knew that there was a majority on the court that would uh, strike down Roe and uphold the uh, Mississippi law, Dobbs' decision. But uh, we still didn't know, and and weeks, days unfolded into weeks, and uh, we watched this drama play out in front of the protest of the justices' home. Again, a very unprecedented act, actually illegal, according to our state attorney general and other uh, attorney generals who actually wrote letters to the Justice Department, the U.S. Attorney General, uh, Merrick Garland, and, and urging him to enact the law, you know, enforce the law that's already on the books to protect justices in their places of residence. And so it's important for the rule of law. And I think, Beth, that's what you said, this is an important moment for the rule of law. And I think a lot of people know that. And, it, you know, it, you know, what we've seen anarchy in our country over the last two years, and what other, you know, which has actually culminated because there's been anarchy in the womb. 60 million aborted lives over those years that Roe was enforced. It didn't have, as one pastor said, it didn't have the 50th year. It didn't have its jubilee. It was 49 years and it was stopped. It was stopped because the prayers, the intercessions, the crying out of God's people over those years, not violently going to the streets, but peaceably uh, praying and protesting and marching and lobbying and advocating and crying out to heaven. And God heard our prayer and uh, the actions of elections mean something. We won over enough of our fellow countrymen, their hearts and minds, to be able to move the dime, as it were, uh, politically enough to get justices like this appointed. And I really liked what Pre- President Trump said. People were, you know, President Trump has said some very brandish-type things at times. He's not. He's very bold and brash. But when they asked him, what do you make of this decision, he said, this was an act of God. And I think that caught the left off guard. They weren't expecting Trump, who actually had the privilege of appointing three justices to the court, to say something like that. But out of, you know, God used his mouth at that moment in saying, it was an act of God. And so that's, that's how we are here. And at that moment, these trigger laws came into effect. Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, uh, excuse me, Arkansas, um, let's see, that's Iowa, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, then Alabama that afternoon, and then we got word here in Ohio, the State Attorney General Dave Yost, and this is a tweet I'm reading, breaking, We this is on Friday afternoon, we filed a motion in federal court moments ago to dissolve the injunction against Ohio's heartbeat law, 
which had been based on the now overturned, uh, overruled precedent of Roe and Casey. And by that evening, the judge lifted the injunction on the heartbeat bill. It became law immediately. And the pro-choice community, uh, the death community in this state, went. Uh, it was a shock and awe campaign because the next day uh, they realized that they had to cease operations in this state. Uh, uh, Laura, your thoughts on that? Because I'm reading from the State House News Bureau from some of them said we had to uh, d- uh, suspend activities and services on Saturday. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are President Trump was exactly right. It's an act of God. And before I had my role here at Cincinnati Right to Life, I worked on the front lines at a pregnancy center as an associate director for 10 years. And it was a very busy pregnancy center. We reached about 800 abortion vulnerable or abortion determined women annually. So I was there meeting so many beautiful women and men as well. You know, the boyfriends, the fathers of these babies were there with these women. And, you know, it was always heart-wrenching. I remember one of the founders of the pregnancy center said to me when I first began pro-life work, you know, Laura, no woman wants an abortion. You don't grow up saying you want an abortion. And it's very true having ministered to so many of these women. But our culture, as Ali mentioned, we've enshrined it, even in our culture, abortion. So to know that when I looked at the Planned Parenthood of Southwest Ohio's website on Friday night and saw that they had changed it to abortion referrals, my jaw, I kept hitting refresh, (laughs) refresh, refresh. You know, seeing is believing, but I kept seeing it, and I was just in shock after 15 years of looking at their website, checking prices, and constantly knowing the messaging that they were just slathering, you know, innocent victims with. And um, it's a start. It's a start. I, um, I was there on the sidewalk for three hours yesterday in front of the Planned Parenthood, and the parking lot was packed. Women were still entering, and you just wonder what kind of rhetoric they're saying to them. Where are they referring these women Um, But we did have people stop and speak to us yesterday, quite Mm. a few, in fact. So knowing that no surgical abortion will be taking place in our state of Ohio really makes us understand how much more we need to raise up our action towards serving this population. That's right. The Ohio's heartbeat bill uh, legislation is now in effect in this state. And that is an incredible thing. Beth Vanderkoy, your thoughts? Uh, Well, so, you know, obviously any day that there are no abortions happening or fewer abortions happening is a good day. Uh, We have, however, always been very resolute here in central Ohio, and we have a, a tremendous Uh, a tremendous track record in central Ohio of closing clinics and lowering abortions. Um, And our goal has always been uh, not just to push, you know, it it doesn't, it does me no good if in that annual abortion report, uh, you know, women aren't getting abortions in Franklin County, but we can see that Franklin County women or Delaware County women or Morrow County women are just going to another County. Uh, And so I, I think as it, you know, as excited as we are to see that sign saying, you know, as of today, Planned Parenthood of, is no longer providing abortions in Ohio. Uh, you know, as exciting as that is, I'm also very aware 
that there's already been established a, a quick and efficient uh, a quick and efficient network of referrals and you know driving people out of state and and, and the, our victory it does not come just from that building being closed. It comes from having somebody who is vulnerable get the the help that they need to empower them to make a life choice. Uh, to continue to explain that, you know, women and families who come for abortion, they're facing very real problems in their lives. And sometimes it's, you know, it's poverty, it's human trafficking, it's substance abuse, it's addiction, it's domestic violence, it's uncertainty about their future or their romantic future, or, you know, pressure from a partner. And an abortion clinic being closed or going to Illinois or, or Michigan or Pennsylvania to have a procedure done doesn't resolve that problem. And so I, I mean, again, this is where I, I speak up that, you know, our work, and I think we've all emphasized that, you know, our work is just, you know, it's just beginning. But at the same time, you know, again, I think it speaks to the tremendous pro-life leadership of Attorney General Yost, that he immediately filed that injunction to be the dissolved. I think it speaks to, uh, you know, the action of Governor DeWine uh, that by Friday night, he had already authorized emergency rules to enact provisions of the heartbeat bill so that it was enforceable. Um, I also have to say, for those of you who are like my members, getting questions about, you know, how are we helping? What is Ohio doing? Uh, the governor's office announced an initiative over the weekend, or I think actually on Friday, uh, called uh, Bold Beginning. And, you know, Bold Beginning is just an incredible project that the, the DeWine administration has put out. And it's a combination of existing resources that have been consolidated and new initiatives at the governor's office, all with a mind to providing immediate help and, and programs to assist moms and babies and families and the people who serve them. So, you know, I think that here in Ohio, you know, we have the heartbeat standard for now. I know that lawmakers are talking about, you know, coming back and, you know, passing a, a total ban and they want to get it right. <clears throat> And they, they want to get it clean, and they they want to do it effectively. And I think that's a great a great strategy. Uh, but we're we're going to continue providing that wraparound support and that assistance. Absolutely. Now we're going to continue on the other side, and so Allie, uh, we're going to have you first up on the other side. So those of you that are listening, you're listening to News and Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. You're listening to our roundtable discussion with the Right to Life Directors of Ohio post Roe v. Wade and the way forward as we continue the March for Life. Uh, and this is just a celebratory time because we're able to save babies. Well, uh, stay with us on the other side. We're going to be rejoined with Vander Beth Vanderkoy of Columbus Right to Life, Laura from Cincinnati Right to Life, and Allie Frazier from uh, Northeast Ohio Right to Life. Don't, be, don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. And we're back, and we're continuing with our panel discussion with the Right to Life directors around Ohio with uh, Beth Vanderkoy, and she is with Columbus Right to Life, also with Allie Frazier of Northeast Ohio Right to Life, and Laura Streetman, she is the director of Cincinnati Right to Life. I want to kind of change direction here a little bit. Obviously, as we celebrate the overturning of Roe, and we established in the first part of the program, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're gonna, In fact, we're going to have a panel discussion with uh, pregnancy service centers or crisis pregnancy center service directors next week on the program. So you want to stay tuned for that. We're also going to have uh, elite uh, constitutional observance of what exactly took place with the Roe being overturned and also all these, these other cases that have come down favorably for conservatives, conservatives in the next couple, couple of weeks. So you want to stay tuned for that. But uh, when we look at what has happened uh, by the political left and their response to this, now uh, we were kind of um, hunkering down a little bit to see what the response would be. It actually wasn't so bad in Ohio. Obviously, in other places, very liberal states like California, New York, uh, I think Oregon and, and uh, Portland, actually, they have lawlessness on the streets there at any given time. So uh, it, it's, it's amazing when you... And enforce the rule of law, people actually do abide because no, these folks ultimately don't want to go to jail. Uh, so in Ohio, they were ready for it at the state house and other places. Uh, so we were, we were fortunate that way. But as we continue, the political left is not going to sit on their hands. They're going to find ways to um, fight back against this pro-life victory. Uh, Ali, let's talk about that for a minute because uh, the clinics, um, they're not closed. And as Laura said, there's a lot of traffic. 
Uh, they're referring abortions out of state. So Pennsylvania is one of those states that still has abortion, New York, uh, Virginia. However, they're on the move in Virginia. You know, America's on the move for life. And uh, the new governor there, he's wanting to enact uh, strict abortion policies in the state of Virginia. So that's very good. But uh, what are your thoughts about that? And then, of course, uh, I wanted to, at some time during this segment, get into the chemical abortion that's unfortunately readily available for these women, uh, but also extremely dangerous uh, because of a number of reasons. So we can get into that. But, Allie, your thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that's really wild about, you know, being in this position now where we are looking at a post-Roe America Um, I think one thing that's really important is to message to pro-lifers, not only here in Ohio, but across the whole nation, that just because Roe versus Wade is overturned doesn't mean that abortion is automatically illegal and doesn't mean that abortions have stopped. And as Beth had mentioned previously, even if, you know, we succeed in, you know, doing a complete abortion ban or, you know, now that our heartbeat bill is in effect and, you know, Planned Parenthood has stopped, you know, physically doing abortions in our state. That doesn't mean that women in crisis aren't going to still feel like abortion is their only option, and they are going to drive across state lines. And this has been something that our organization has been anticipating for months now, um, especially where we're situated. From my office, it's only about an hour drive to the Pennsylvania border. Our abortionist, Dr. David Birkins, um, here in the area who has lost his medical license um, in the past from illegally dispensing narcotics has already made it very clear that he is planning on simply moving his abortion business over the border into Pennsylvania. Um, So I'm actually currently in talks with pro-life leaders in Pennsylvania to try to see what we can do to, you know, kind of combat this. Um, And I was super excited when I saw that Planned Parenthood had stopped physically committing abortions. Um, especially when I found out that um, the facility that I originally um, began as a sidewalk counselor at in the pro-life movement when I first got started doing this work had ceased to do abortions. But I was down on the sidewalk in front of our local abortion facility, um, Northeast Ohio Women's Center, and, I mean, people were still rolling in. They had, like, 20 escorts out this morning. Um, Abortions are still happening in Ohio, and even women who aren't able to get an abortion here in the state are going are going across state lines or ordering abortion pills online. And it's really interesting, Chris, that you would mention um, the chemical abortion pills and, you know, the danger that they are going to, um, you know, that they are going to be comprising going forward. I literally talked to the Columbus Dispatch this morning, um, just detailing for them how dangerous, you know, unregulated chemical abortions were going to be and how the pills could be such a danger, not just to preborn babies, but to the women who are taking them. And I think it's really important in this moment for the pro-life movement to just be incredibly strategic and incredibly intentional. The abortion industry is not going to take this lying down. They are going to continue chugging forward and trying to make money off of women's crises, and we're going to have to be faster and smarter than they are. That is correct. And, you know, we're going to need to be fast and, uh, you know, moving quickly as well. I know that uh, volunteers are really starting to approach the crisis pregnancy centers and line up and and help. And I know there's 
uh, funding coming in as well. People want to donate, and so and churches are really starting to talk about what can we do uh, to save these babies and uh, to help these women. So, you know, pregnancy services centers, crisis pregnancy centers, they do great work around the state of Ohio, and obviously their, their work is really going to grow here in the next days and weeks. Laura, uh, what's your thoughts on this as uh, you're in Cincinnati? So what's the status there at that point of women in, in southwest Ohio uh, there, you know, that are being counseled by these clinics to go elsewhere to get an abortion? Great question. Um, well, we know that Kentucky had only one abortion facility, a for-profit business, my aunt actually, for 26 years, was there six mornings a week and kept the official count of abortions or women seeking abortions for the state for many, many years. And it was a very vile, busy, um, preg- pre- you know, abortion facility in Kentucky. It is shut down. So there are no abortions Praise God. in Kentucky. Praise God. Praise God. Um, but we believe the closest one to southwest Ohio is in Indiana. Uh, Dr. Martin Haskell, the pioneer of the partial birth abortion, this disgusting procedure that is just tear-jerking to even mention, he pioneered that in southwest Ohio, and he still operates out of Dayton without a license from the Ohio Department of Health. And he changed his website to say that he will be referring women to his facility in Indiana. And I have prayed outside his facility in Indianapolis. And again, it's just a dark, dingy, dirty place. And it just makes you weep to think that he sends women there from um, Dayton. So we know that's still going to go on. Um, But we also know, let's be hopeful, we do know that there are going to be women who go in and say, oh, would I have to travel? Because no woman is resolute in her abortion decision. I know for a fact from the countless women that I spoke to, um, a very common emotion they would share is one minute they would feel one way and the next minute they would feel another. So, you know, they're riding a roller coaster of emotions. Without question. Yeah, without the easy, quick access, this is going to save lives. But we do need to make it unthinkable, and we need to save every life. We need to try. That is what our Lord asks of us. And um, we we just really have to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to come down, all of us as leaders, and, you know, Lord, show us the way. What do we do next to assist all of these families um, in our community? That's what we're here for. We received a report yesterday that— um we were uh, that the county prosecutor in Cauga County had signed on to a letter that the city law director of Columbus had also signed that they were not going to prosecute those who performed abortions. Uh, we had a quick discussion with the attorney general's office on this. There's nothing official yet, uh, but uh, Beth, we do have this um, action and statement by the city law director of Columbus. There's obviously a Planned Parenthood office there, and he's saying that we're not going to pursue prosecuting those who would 
conduct abortions in, in, in obviously in violation of state law. Now, again, the legislature's on resource. There is a primary on August 2nd, and they're not going to be back until late October, early November, and they have talked about we're going to be addressing this. Your thoughts about what we heard announced yesterday by the city of Columbus law director and the and so far the Cauga County um, uh, County Prosecutor's Office. Your your thoughts? Uh, you know, thanks, Chris. It's funny we didn't talk about this, but I was hoping you would ask uh, me specifically this question uh, because I spent a significant amount of time working in criminal justice law. Um, you know, anybody who follows us on Twitter uh, knows that I immediately responded to our city prosecutor, Zach Klein. Uh, This was nothing but a PR stunt for him. Uh, City prosecutors can only prosecute misdemeanor crimes. A violation of Ohio's abortion law is a fifth-degree felony. Uh, So in the case of uh, Prosecutor Klein, who in in all sorts of ways has been a a feckless city prosecutor for the city of Columbus um, as evidenced by just our growing horrific violent crime rate. Uh, But, I mean, there's a whole long list of things that Zach Klein won't do. But in this case, he couldn't even if he wanted to uh, because uh, felonies are prosecuted by an entirely different office. But even if we set that aside, and obviously that is a concern Uh, with the county prosecutor in Cuyahoga. And I'm sure that by tomorrow, every blue city of every size is going to make this announcement. Uh, The good news is that Ohio's heartbeat law has enforcement mechanisms that don't rely on any city prosecutor Hmm. or even entirely a county prosecutor. Uh, And so, for example, Ohio's heartbeat law provides for civil, civil remedies against any abortion provider who performs an abortion illegally. Um, uh, that civil remedy is expansive. Literally, women who go to an abortion provider and have an abortion after the point that a heartbeat can detect it have the right in Ohio law to sue the person who provided it for them. Uh, and just for the record, Greater Columbus Right to Life, and I'm sure my colleagues in other places, uh, we have continually helped women that were wronged by abortion providers to seek free legal counsel to file lawsuits, you know, through our partnership with the Alliance Defending Freedom and other groups. And that's going to continue. But in addition, the Ohio Medical Board is authorized to take disciplinary action against any abortion provider who violates Ohio's heartbeat law. Um, that's both in the record keeping uh, and in the procedure actually performing it. Uh, so disciplinary action includes things like loss of their medical license and fines of up to $20,000 per violation. So $20,000 per abortion or even paperwork. Uh, that they fail to do. The Ohio Department of Health still maintains uh, uh, control over those places with surgical licenses. Um, And also, uh, and again, I'm not going to tip too much of our hand, uh, but Ohio law provides for remedies against local officials that are derelict in their duty. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, it's one thing to talk about prosecutorial discretion. Uh, But for a city prosecutor or for a county prosecutor or for any prosecutor who holds a law license 
uh, and who is bound by the standards of the Supreme Court and their ethics laws, to say that they are just not going to prosecute an entire swath of crimes in advance, um, there, there are some additional remedies that uh, we are pursuing. And I, I talked to numerous excellent attorneys just last night about this. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think um, I, I think a lot of this is just a massive PR stunt because certainly uh, the abortion on demand for free uh, without any shame, stigma or cost, uh, that crowd was not happy with Ohio's existing 20 week standard. Uh, but, you know, they weren't they weren't making these statements six months ago or a year ago. This is this is just uh, political saber rattling and getting their names in newspapers um, and trying to continually, you know, uh, make some sort of a political name for themselves. Uh, and it's, it's not going to be effective. And the reason we know that it's not effective is because even though he has said this, uh, the abortion clinics in Columbus, two of them remaining, uh, one has a sign-up saying they're not performing any procedures for the moment, and the other one says that they are only providing the abortion pill, uh, and they're only providing it up to six weeks or the time that a heartbeat can be detected. So, um, I mean, obviously we're going to push back against this, uh, but this is not devastating for the protection of innocent human life. Um, and I can tell you, if the tables were turned, if you had a city prosecutor uh, who might be more conservative and said that he was not going to prosecute any cases of illegal guns in his city, um, uh, you can be sure that... Uh, they would come at him with the full force of the the legal ethics guidelines. The, the, I'm sorry, the legal the legal community's ethics, and there would be court orders filed against him, and there would be ethics complaints with the Supreme Court Disciplinary Council. Um, and it's going to be very, very saying again because something particularly about Roe v. Wade and abortion, uh, people. Uh, people have given up or refused to concede to the rule of law. Um, and, uh, you know, one last thing, this is on a slightly separate issue, but if there's one thing your listeners learn uh, and they commit to their, their heart and their memory in, in listening to us today, um, I want to make sure that every single person I am speaking to in every audience understands two things. Uh, the first thing is that there is 24-7 help available to any woman experiencing a crisis pregnancy. And it's very easy to remember how to access that help. All you have to do is remember 1-800-712-HELP. And if you dial those numbers, I think it's 4357. So 1-800, it's a free call. 712, it's available seven days a week, 12 months a year to provide help. Uh, and that's Option Line, which works throughout the United States, but is headquartered right here in Columbus, uh, the same place that, they, that we work with abortion pill reversal. Um, and abortion pill reversal is possible 
If you don't know about it, go to abortionpillreversal.com and order some of those drop cards and leave them in bathrooms at your churches and your schools. There's also a 1-800 number that's available for women, but the option line and the abortion pill reversal are answered by the same people. So just commit that number to your to your mind, 1-800-712-HELP. We will give that number out at the close of the program as well. Laura, we looking at a number of businesses that are telling their employees that they will pay for their travel to kill their baby. Your thoughts on that? How awful. Um, you know, number one, my thought is, can we please keep your politics out of my purchases? And, you know, I find it shocking, especially for Kroger in Cincinnati. You know, um, we're very limited on our grocery shopping here because we do have the headquarters of the store that so many of us love and have loved for years. The fact that now when we go and we purchase our food there, that the profits from this purchase would go to support women to travel to kill their unborn baby. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and don't they need future customers to support their business model? So let's all remember what happened to Toys R Us, right? Um, you know, I think it was in 2008 that it was discovered that they were donating large amounts of money to Planned Parenthood, that Toys R Us, I mean, a company that, survived off the purchase of baby items and toys for beautiful children, the joy of having a child. Yet they donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to an organization that made millions from the slaughter of the unborn. And let's remember also that when that was discovered by the public and there was a boycott of supporting that business, they only lasted eight more years in business before they filed back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I'm looking at a list only... right now. Microsoft, Apple, Starbucks, Amazon, right. Netflix, Yelp, uh, the um, NBA team in Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uh, front office said that they would pay for any of their employees. I mean, you know, look, it, it's so disgusting and it's offensive and people are just going to boycott. A lot of people boycotting the NBA already. So, uh, you know, because they were very anti-American and all that. Uh, so, you know, I think people are going to make choices here of where they're going to put their money and their products uh, purchases uh, when they see the announcements of these businesses. Allie, your thoughts on that? Of uh, businesses saying that they will help their employees uh, travel to a, a state that will perform an abortion to kill their child? I think it's incredibly telling. I think it's incredibly telling that the corporate structure in this country is so that it is more financially viable for a corporation to pay for a woman, a woman to have an abortion and pay someone to end the life of her child than it is for them to provide her with paid maternity leave um, and things like that that she needs. How about That's baby really... formula? Did, was there any of them announced about baby formula? Exactly. And that is what's so heartbreaking to me is this is the culture of death really rearing its ugly head. Because as women, we have been so completely victimized by this idea that we should put, essentially, we should sacrifice our children to, you know, this corporate ideal of what it means to be empowered. And I think that when you see these these businesses stepping forward, don't be duped into thinking that they care about women. They care about their bottom line. It is cheaper 
for them to pay for a baby to be killed than for them to compensate a woman to take care of her baby after it is born and to heal from essentially giving birth, Um, which I think is something going forward that the pro-life movement needs to really focus on. um, Because when it comes to women's rights, when it comes to the rights of babies and families, we have to, we have to be a guiding light. Corporations are going to continue to use abortion to victimize their employees, especially their female employees. And we cannot let that happen on our watch. Absolutely. And, you know, as we look forward to state after state moving now to be pro-life, to put strong restrictions, Virginia is poised to do that. Um, we're going to see movement in other states as well. Kind of shocked about Nevada because, uh, you know, I'm looking at Nevada. But again, it's Las Vegas there that's kind of holding rule over that state. I know of a lot of conservatives that are in Nevada, but they're going to have to uh, step forward. And there's going to be a lot of work to do in all of the states going forward and, of course, with our crisis pregnancy centers. But we're changing uh, the the national narrative and the culture for life continues. You know, a few years ago, the radical left, and these are older feminists, were watching all the kids pour off the buses in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And they just exclaimed, look how young all of them are. <laughs> and so that was the work of Right to Life across America uh, that was actually changing the hearts and minds of young people. And that's how we got to this place. And we need to continue now. And thank God that there is going to be a whole new generation that will not know Roe v. Wade going forward. It's so wonderful to think about that. And that they're going to look at uh, the uh, the protection of life and the value of life, and they're hearing it from the courts and from our legislature and from our churches. Our churches really need to speak up at this time. Well, it's been my joy to have with me on the program Beth Vanderkoy of, of Columbus Right to Life. And uh, you can, uh, uh, the number, again, for help, uh, Beth, give that number real quick. Uh, absolutely. 1-800-712-HELP. 1-800-712-HELP. Also with me has been uh, Cincinnati Right to Life Director Laura Streetman. Laura, thank you so much. How can folks follow Cincinnati Right to Life and your fine work? CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Please join us in any way you can. Um, This is a time to be a voice for the voiceless. Absolutely, and there's always opportunities to volunteer in a variety of ways, and answering phones and stuffing envelopes and counseling in clinics and praying. And Allie Frazier, how can folks follow Northeast Ohio Right to Life? Absolutely. Well, they can go to rtlofneo.com, but one of the best ways as well um, to also follow us is through our social media. Um, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter. Um, We're very active. I am as well on my personal accounts there. Um, But that's how you can kind of get involved with what we're doing, figure out what events we're holding, and uh, stay up to date with all the pro-life stuff that's going on. Absolutely. Laura, Allie, Beth, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been very impactful and a lot of information. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Chris. And Thanks we for having us. absolutely we continue to pray for all of you as well in the fine work that you're doing. We want to give out that number again that if you're needing help, you're pregnant and needing a help, it's 800 712 HELP, H E L P. 
Thank you for listening. God bless you all. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.